Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you've found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Got some upcoming shows. June 21st is the third anniversary in L.A. It is also the championship edition. That is at the Virgil at 8 p.m. It's free. June 29th at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Get your tickets. That is not free, and it will sell out. July 8th, live at North Bar in Chicago. July 9th at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. July 10th and 11th, I'll be doing stand-up at the Attic, opening for Ian Carmel, frequent competitor Ian Carmel. And uh, July 12th, I'll be headlining in Indianapolis uh, venue to be announced. Follow me on Twitter, at Brian Cooking. Today's show was recorded at Union Hall March 21st, 2015, and it features Eli Sayers, Ashley Brooke Roberts, Maron Kagani, and John Ozale reading pieces they wrote in advance based upon topics of their choosing. And by the way, did you know that we've got official competitive erotic fanfiction merchandise now? Yes, we do. T-shirts, men's and women's. Go to estoymerchandise.com. You will find a listing of podcasts on the right side of the screen. Click on Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction. You may have seen the art before. It is the Princess Leia Muppet laying on the Chewbacca bearskin rug. It is awesome. Our, our guy Mark Palm made the design. I love it. You guys should check it out. Support the podcast. They're $26. Shipping included. Estoymerchandise.com. Find Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction on the right-hand side. Buy some shirts. Enjoy the show. Round one competitors brought a prepared piece, Mr. Eli Sayers. Hey, everybody. Hi, dudes. What's up? Hi, everyone. All right, I tried to think of one, and I couldn't think of one to do it, uh, so I didn't really write anything, but I did go back and look through my old school papers from when I was very young, and I found something, a school report that might pass, honestly. So... Here we go. This is where, I was young, I was I didn't know how to write really well, I didn't... So here we go. My School Paper by Eli Sayers. P.S. If you find this in the future, please do not read this to anyone. I hope I don't grow up to be that kind of person. Today, I will write a story for my teacher. I am a fan of my teacher, Miss Fisher. She teaches math, science, history, and English. She taught me to write real, real good and learn very many adjectives. Like, very many adjectives. So my story is a fan friction about her. It takes place in a classroom. Taught by Miss Fisher. I am the hero. I am in class, and I think to myself, I should impress Miss Fisher. I should talk to her and impress her with my good vocabulary because she is such a pretty. She always, she always incandescents around the room so smartly. I sit in the classroom. It is very boringy, but then things get interested. The most beautiful person ever is at the front of the classroom. I'm talking, of course, about me. I got called up. To, I got called up to the front. Miss Fisher's there too. I got called up to do a math problem. I was hoping not to get called up because uh, let's say there was something wrong. I uh, didn't want to have to stand up because you know I'm stupid and can't do math. <laughs> also, I got five boners. At the blackboard, I ask. How do I solve it? Miss Fisher says, I don't know, why don't you tell me? So I subtract. She asks, and what's the remainder? I say, I don't know, why don't you have sex with me? <laughs> she looks at me incandescently. I say, I say, I should let you know, Miss Fisher, I have developed crotch feelings for you. 
I don't really know what it means, but when I see you teach, I get hard down there. It's really hot. And the words of Van Halen, Panama. <laughs> That's a country in Central America. See, I pay attention in class. Does that get you all hard down there? Now, Miss Fisher, you may think because of my age, I don't know a lot about the female body, but uh, I'm going to make your <laughs> feel so incandescent you won't even believe. Miss Fisher says, oh, Eli, I've often dreamed of this moment. Wherever I go after school's out, I dream of it. So I make my move. I make my move sultrily. I touch her breasts. The sweater's still on, though. Then, then I brush her hair from her face very sexingly and look into her eyes. I look into her eyes. They are like two beautiful eyes. I, sm I smell her scent with my voluptuous nose. Thy scent reminds me of yon sunrise, I inquire. Oh, Eli. Oh, Eli, she says with a mouth so fair, as beautiful as yon sunset or yon gadget from Rescue Rangers. She says, I didn't expect you to be so mature. Such a man. Ha ha ha, I moan. I am a grown adult. I am a grown adult, you bet your hell. And I'm gonna screw the damn out of you. She says, she says she wants me to do stuff to her Virginia. At this point, at this point I'm sweaty. That doesn't have anything to do with the sex. I am just a gross sweaty child. I don't want her to notice she's about to have sex with a gross sweaty child. So I bring out the big guns. Show I've been paying attention. Ready for math, I say? What does my penis plus your Virginia equal? She says it equals your penis on my Virginia. I'm blown away. I didn't know her game was this good. I finally met someone who can keep up. I say, all right, time for me to give you some history. She says, I wish it was Black History Month. <laughs> what, I say? Nothing, she says. We do a little of this thing I heard about called foreplay, so we play Legos to get her in the mood. <laughs> then I figure it's time to show what I've got. So I start to uh, nuzzle the back of her knee. I can't see her reaction, but I bet she's loving it. Then while I'm doing that, I start rubbing her elbows. Figure I better slow down or she'll finish right away. I work my way up and touch my butt against her butt. We sit like that for six minutes. I ask if it was good for her too. She explains we haven't had sex yet. Then, then she pulls out all of her breasts. I got so many weird feelings all over. I'm not exactly sure what to do. I want to talk dirty, but I don't really know how to dirty talk. So I try to say the stuff I hear my parents say at night. So I say, our marriage feels empty. <laughs> then I say, then I say, why don't we do this thing I heard about called role playing? How about this? I like the show Friends. Let's friends roleplay. You be Rachel. I'll be some kid. <laughs> I give her another option. I suggest, or we could do some S&M. The safe word will be, stop, you're an adult and I am a kid. <laughs> she looks at me with her eyes so staring and says, how about we just get creative, Eli? What's your favorite position? I say, doggy and go to town. <laughs> After a couple minutes, she pulls me off her leg. She says... <laughs> She says, how about reverse cowgirl? I say, isn't that just a cowboy? 
she seems to be getting impatient, so I figure I better do some stuff to her Virginia. Because you know how women get when you don't do stuff to their Virginia. I get behind her and start licking her Virginia. That's right, I know what I'm doing. My face is buried right between her shoulder blades. I don't want to say anything, because it might embarrass her, but it seems like she lost her Virginia. I just keep fake like I'm enjoying it and keep licking for her pleasure. I get done. She says, well, are you going to do anything to my Virginia? I laugh to myself and think, geez, woman, it's a good thing you're cute. So dumb. She leads me down to where her penis is. But when I look, oh, man, this is so embarrassing. She lost her penis, too. <laughs> Clumsy broad. I start messing around where it should be. It looks like something out of a Lunchables. It gets... <laughs> It gets all gross. Then I discover she's got a penis. It's just inside out. <laughs> Women, I tell you. It is important to point out that anyone uncomfortable and not laughing should understand that this is being told by... Or not laughing because this is basically a grown person having sex with a kid. <laughs> should realize it's being told by me, the victim. This is how I deal with it. And blaming me for doing about it wrong is victim blaming. <laughs> Which is what you were all supposed to hate. I'm just saying this in general. It's not aimed at any specific situation or any specific group of people, you park slope pussies. That was the ending I had prepared if no one laughed. I know you did laugh. I just wanted to be a prick. The real ending is this. That was a scenario in which an adult fucked a kid and you laughed, you sick sacks of garbage. Also, all the kids in the classroom were watching him masturbating. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Good night. Thank you. Eli Sayers. I forgot to point out, these are all former champions you're seeing this evening. Your next former champion is Mr. John Azoulay. Let him hear it. Someone yell porn stash? that hurts or helps me. <laughs> we'll see. All right, well, um, subject of my fan fiction is the, uh, the new all-female Ghostbusters. <laughs> or as I will call it, Caddyshack. <laughs> Gonna be a few groans tonight, it seems. Uh, I didn't, I'm going to use the, the characters' names the, as if they were the, the actual actresses so you can know who they are, but if I had to rename them all, it would be uh, Pietra Venkman, Raylene Stance, Egana Spengler, and Winetta Zedemore. <laughs> but you just know them as Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. <clears throat> all right, here we go. It had been a busy week for the Ghostbusters. After a few r rough months of angry tweets... Business was finally picking up, and they needed and they needed to add a fourth member to handle the load. You're hired, Kristen Wiig emphatically welcomed Leslie Jones to the team. Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon briefly stood up from their child's pose to clap from the yoga studio, a now integral part of the Ghostbusters headquarters. Kristen went on to explain, we're exceptionally uh, happy to hire a woman of color, Though I certainly didn't intend to reinforce stereotypes with uh, that white academics would only hire a black person that came from a blue-collar background. <laughs> Leslie's smile became a little stilted. Relax, bitch, I ain't a blogger. <laughs> Leslie's abrasive tone was foreign to Kristen. And while her words calmed her fears, her fears, uh, her attitude stirred up a firestorm of feelings. 
Kristen then continued to give unnecessary disclaimers. Just a heads up, Leslie, uh, there's going to be some customers who will use the word spook. Please keep in mind, they're probably referring to actual ghosts. This is not a racial thing. Some wiener at the EPA is already up our ass about nuclear reactors. We don't need the ACLU up in here, too. Leslie nodded, trying not to get turned on by all this wiener and ass talk. Just then, a dainty, well-dressed man walked through the door. Hi, my name is Dana. I'm a flautist for the New York Symphony Philharmonic. I have a ghost problem in my Central Park apartment. We can help you, Melissa Insured, ignoring all the pretentious bullshit that just came out of his mouth. We're the Ghostbusters. Oh, um, are there any men that work here that might be able to boast ghosts? Sadly, there were new men Ghostbusters, but their ghost-busting outfit was not yet fully assembled. So far, it was just Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt, who were training for their new jobs the way they always prepared for a new role, by lifting weights. <laughs> I'm afraid we're your only option, sassed Kate, who had already begun changing out of her yoga spanks and into her Ghostbuster spanks. <laughs> The team rallied and hightailed it uptown to the, in their ecto-prius. <laughs> Upon entering the apartment, they found a bunch of floating flutes and piccolos. <laughs> this is the corner penthouse of Spook Central, exclaimed Melissa, completely oblivious to Leslie shaking her head. <laughs> Let me check these for telekinetic energy, Melissa used as a quick excuse to grab the floating instruments and shove each of them into her pussy. <laughs> The ghost I saw came from the refrigerator, Dana explained as he opened the appliance door. As if opening a portal to another dimension, a scary phantasm flew out of the fridge and into Dana's ass, leaving a slimy discharge. (laughs) Kristen sprang into action. Bend over, she commanded. I'm going to juice up my stick and show this bitch how we do it downtown. She she slid her phallic proton pack in after the ghost. I'll see if there are any more ghosts, Melissa volunteered. She whipped out her ecto-sensor to detect any other gross fluids. A quick scan revealed that Kate's pussy was off the charts. Oh, shit, Kate explained. I forgot to mention, I'm on my period. Well, that explains your inferior ghost-busting, chided Melissa. But when when Melissa turned her residue meter over to Leslie's vag, the machine exploded. She was oozing with ectoplasm. Kate pinned Leslie against the wall and asserted, Looks like your snatch is the gatekeeper. (laughs) Well, guess what? I'm the key master, and my tongue is the key. Kate lapped up that viscous blue-collar pussy so fast and hard that soon her whole torso was drenched. She pulled back and went to brag. She slammed me. Meanwhile, Kristen's ass-blasting had not captured the apparition. (laughs) Melissa crawled over for a double-team. You work the prostate, I'm going to jerk this white slimy ghost right out of his dick. (laughs) Dana had never been dominated so much by women. It was a little intimidating, he began to lose his erection. His dick had gone soft like the inside of a campfire s'more. (laughs) 
But Melissa took control. Listen, Marshmallow Man, I need your cock to stay puffed. And listen, he did. After, after a few more strokes, his now turgid peen shot out a gooey load of biblical proportions. He came so hard that he foolishly exclaimed, Bustin' makes me feel good! And had to pay royalties to Huey Lewis for stealing his music. The force of Dana's orgasm uh, stuck the ghost to the wall. Kate and Leslie then plastered it further with their own fluids. It was only then uh, that they could decipher the spirit's true form. It was the ghost of Harold Ramis. The all-female Ghostbuster crew had angered him so much that he spun right out of his grave. I came back from the dead to protect my life's work, he shouted sexistly. What's next, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together? This is mass hysteria! Shaking off the haters, Kristen commanded, Cross the streams! And all the Ghostbusters sink their periods like only women can do and repetitively flicked their clits until they squirted their bloody ectoplasmic pussy juice in perfect unison, saturating the ghost of Harold Ramis so completely that it sent him back to hell, where Chevy Chase would soon meet him. Just as the police and press arrived to cover the commotion, a hot and sweaty Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt walked by, fresh, uh, or, uh, their muscles glistening from a rigorous workout. And that was all anyone needed to see. <laughs> the mayor gave the men keys to the city, and the women Ghostbusters were left to clean up behind the, the slimy mess. The end. Jocelyn! He ain't afraid of no groans. Keep it going for Ashley Brooke Roberts! I get thirsty. Hi guys, I'm Ashley Rick Roberts, and my competitive erotic fan fiction is about the Disney movie later turned into Broadway musical Newsies. Yes, yes, you guys got it. <laughs> In 1899, the streets of New York City echoed with the voices of Newsies peddling the papers of Joseph Pulitzer. William Randolph Hearst, and other giants of the newspaper world. On every corner you saw them carrying the banner, bringing you the news for a penny a pape. Poor orphans and runaways, the newsies were a ragged young army of sexy young hot sex boys. <laughs> An army without a leader. Until one day, they were united by a young Christian Bale's cock. <laughs> This is their story. It was early morning at the newsboys' lodging house, and all the young, horny boys were fast asleep. She could hear them snoring, sighing, and singing show tunes while they dreamt. Mary Beth had stayed up all night and hadn't slept a wink. She was too anxious, nervous as shit, that she'd blow her cover and be found out to be a girl. She'd shown up yesterday at the lodge, tucked her hair under a newsboy cap, and put a pickle in her pants. <laughs> Call me lucky, she said. Just got in from Georgia. She'd have to keep her cool if she was going to pretend to be a man. Should she just be honest and tell them she was a girl? Nah, she thought. She knew the rule. 
Boy orphans became newsies. Girl orphans were never written into the plot line. <laughs> and besides, she wasn't busty enough to play Sarah, the love interest. Memorize those five lines of dialogue and only look concerned in all my close-ups? No thank you, she thought. I have more range than that. And it'll be better put to use if I pretend to be a hot, sexy boy going through the throes of puberty in this Disney universe. She couldn't wait for the newsies to wake up. What are boys like in the morning, she wondered. Will they... Will they sing and dance and suck each other's dicks? She could only hope for hard pricks and tight buttholes and decided to scan the room for signs of morning wood. That's when she saw him, laying in the bunk, two beds down, a young, sexy, barely legal Batman. He had soft, poreless skin, a ballerina's body, and a frilly red handkerchief around his neck. The definition of raw masculinity. <laughs> Suddenly the door busted open and a young sexy teen pranced in with a sack of papers. Up and at him, studs, we got papes to sell and today's headline is weak, he said. The young sexy Batman got up and said, headlines don't sell papes, newsies sell papes. And if today's headline is soft, we'll have to make it hard. <laughs> In a motion quicker than someone could say jazz hands, he whipped out his dick and declared, Now suck the head of my hard line. <laughs> a, s- a smallish boy in tap shoes jumped down and did a quick kickball change step before dropping to his knees and sucking up Christian Bale's shaft. Mary Beth watched in amazement as all the young, barely legal teen boys began to dance and sing while Christian Bale moaned the rhythm to the song in his ecstasy. I'm the king of cocks, he sang. Her pussy began dripping with desire. Still still pretending to be asleep, she watched as all these fine specimens of no longer boys, not yet men, started to tongue-kiss each other's privates. She was in a sea of studs, sucking and fucking, while plieing and impressively hitting high notes with their mouths jammed full of teen pain. (laughs) This is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to me, she thought. I wonder if I'll grow up to be one of those women who watches gay male porn when she masturbates in her Bushwick apartment earlier today. Had never been, Mary Beth had never known arousal like this, and she desperately needed to be filled with the kind of prick that can carry a high note, a strong, classically trained cock. <laughs> Suddenly, she remembered her pickle in her pants and covertly inserted the vegetable into her soaking wet 18-year-old pussy, yes, she's legal, and, <laughs> and began to clench and release her vaginal muscles around the hard green prick. The boys were all moaning now in unison, chanting, We're the king of cocks. They were moments away from coming. By the time they got to the chorus, everyone in the room was orgasming simultaneously, and Mary Beth's body spasmed with pleasure. Her thick, delicious orgasm caused her pussy to clench so tightly that the pickle sprung out, 
busted through her pants and flew across the room and coincidentally landed next to a Reuben on rye that Christian Bell was planning to eat after... (laughs) (laughs) After all the hot gay sex. (laughs) The singing abruptly stopped and the boys turned to look at their leader as he picked up the pickle and sniffed it. This doesn't smell like sexy man-boy butt, he said. This smells like sexy teen girl vag. He he locked eyes with Mary Beth. You, you're a female. You must be the daughter of one of the producers or know someone high up in the biz. (laughs) How else could a girl get cast in this production? I smell nepotism. Suddenly, with a crazed, horny passion, he charged at her like an American psycho. Mary Beth jumped up and ripped off her clothes. You're right, my dad's a director. Now fuck me, Batman, she screamed. (laughs) Christian Bale pushed her on the bed as the other boys gathered around chanting, Open the gates and seize the day. (laughs) Open the pussy gates and seize the puss puss. (laughs) He plunged his young teen cock into her and she howled with pleasure as he pumped his shaft back and forth. Give me your cum, Mary Beth screamed. Give me all of your cum. I want to live in your empire of the cum. (laughs) Christian Bale's prick exploded with white hot jizz and filled Mary Beth's tight snatch. More, she demanded. I want more. But all the young newsies had emptied their hoses into each other's mouths moments before. Everyone looked around distraught and sad that there was no more cum to put in Mary Beth's body or on her face or on her butt. Just when spirit seemed at an all-time low, the door flung open, and a young, sexy boy shouted, Never fear, Brooklyn's here! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the young newsies cheered, and the Brooklyn newsies pirouetted their way into the room, hard dicks spinning with their graceful bodies. Mary Beth jumped to the floor and landed on all fours, ecstatic to be part of her first gangbang. The Newsies created a human centipede around Mary Beth. <laughs> and, started fu- and started fucking and sucking each other's dick holes. Wait, Mary Beth shouted, what about my hole? But the young horny boys were too busy twirling and swirling their tongues and rhythm-, and rhythm to their tap dancing feet to pay attention to Mary Beth. All of a sudden... A DP walked right through the scene and started to adjust a light in the corner of the set. You're breaking my fucking concentration, Mary Beth yelled, forgetting she was still on mic. I want you, I want you off the fucking set, you fucking amateur. Think for one goddamn second in your life. <laughs> she started fanging herself wildly with rage and frustration while shouting obscenities. No, Christian Bale said, that's my job. And he's... <laughs> And he started belittling the DP while slowly prancing towards Mary Beth. What's your job, Mary Beth asked, yelling at the crew and getting secretly recorded and later having to publicly apologize, he said, and fucking you hard. (laughs) And then he pulled her hand out of her soaking wet pussy and stuffed his sausage into her tight teen hole. Fuck me, Batman, she moaned as he began to drill her for the second time with his fat penis. Mary Beth threw her head back and her body quaked with another mind-melting orgasm. I'll make sure, she whispered, that you have the best acting career out of all the newsies. (laughs) Thank you, Christian Bale moaned. 
I'm naturally talented, but can use all the help I can get as I come from a somewhat broken home. They collapsed on top of each other as the other newsies around them sang and danced and sucked their way to an initial box office flop, but a work that received cult following later when it was released on home video. <laughs> I'm Ashley Brooke Roberts. Thank you. Ashley Brooke Roberts. All right, your final round one competitor, Ron Kagani, ladies and gentlemen. Clap your hands. Yes. Hi. Hi, gang. I'm Miron. Um, and should we just let right? <laughs> Willis Drummond relaxed into his limousine seat as driver rushed him upstate to the Eastland School for Girls. Kimberly had forgotten her women's studies photo essay project at home, but more importantly, he had product to move. In a small leather satchel, he had a collection of black and white art shots of his sister's vulva, as well as five sheets of highly potent lysergic acid diethylamide on blotter paper covered with the monogram EE. Yeah, he said to no one at all. Make some money, score some trim. Yeah. The thought of all the co-eds made Willis's dick fill out the right leg of his corduroys. Willis unzipped his fly and began pawing at the tumescent flesh. We've arrived, Master Willis, said driver. Willis just kept stroking. Sometimes long and slow, sometimes short and fast. You know, different strokes. Blair, he thought to himself, licking his big soft lips. Blair, Joe, Natalie, oh, that ass. He was startled back into reality by a sudden heavy tapping on the shaded window of the limousine. Tootie, great to see you. He scrambled to hide his mammoth member under his members-only jacket. Outside the Drummond limousine stood Dorothy Tootie Ramsey, chewing gum despite her braces and stupidly on roller skates on a gravel driveway. Hey, Willis, you transferring to Eastland? <laughs> Just bringing Kimberly some homework she forgot. Hey, is Mrs. Garrett around? That's right, she used to be your maid. She's in the kitchen, replied Tootie. At that, Tootie turned around and one of her roller skate wheels caught on an especially large piece of rock and she ate shit. <laughs> Willis caught her, but his lunging led to his now semi-hard cock flopping out from under his jacket and draping over the waist of his pants. Ooh, you're in trouble, said Tootie. Tootie, it's not what you think, I just... Willis ran off to the Eastland dining hall kitchen to meet up with Mrs. Garrett, leaving a confused but aroused Tootie Ramsey to sort out her adolescent feelings. <laughs> Willis busted into the kitchen. Mrs. Garrett, what's happening? Can it with the cool act, Willis? Did you bring my shit or not? <laughs> Yeah, I got your shit. Five sheets of the strongest acid in New York State made special for you. See on every hit, E.E. Edna's Edibles. Good, leave it on the counter and get the fuck out of here. Come on, Mrs. Garrett, don't you want to suck my dick again for old time's sake? 
That was when I was your maid, but I'll tell you what, I'll let you have a taste of Edna's real edibles if you're that horned up. (laughs) At that, Willis plopped the sheets of acid down on the counter and started stroking his dick again. Ready when you are. Eat this pussy, demanded Mrs. Garrett. As she hiked up her her skirt, she quickly dropped her panties, revealing what looked like little orphan Annie's head stuck in her crotch. So much ginger pubic hair you've never seen in your life. She skipped crazed towards the small toilet, mounted Willis's face, and with an unexpectedly uh, graceful leap, she shut the door behind her. Somewhere, a studio audience applauded. (laughs) Just as the bathroom door closed, Tootie entered the empty kitchen. Mrs. Garrett? Willis? She called out. Hearing no answer, she saw Willis's satchel hanging off of a high chair. He'll need this, she said out to no one again at all. I should grab it for him. As Tootie grabbed the bag, Kimberly's photo essay came pouring out all over the floor. Tootie knelt to collect the photos and saw close-up after close-up of some white girl's vagina. But I... I thought he liked black girls like me. Forlorn, Tootie slowly skated around the kitchen. What's the point? She asked herself. It was then that she saw Mrs. Garrett's new stationery on the counter. She quickly grabbed a pen and a sheet of the Edna's edible paper. Dear Willis, I want you to know that you don't need to be embarrassed about what happened at the limousine. I'll never judge you. It's just that I always felt a certain way about us and, well, I love you. Just as Tootie finished writing her note, a disheveled Willis and Mrs. Garrett emerged from the toilet. Hey, Tootie! Willis nervously blurted out as he moved toward her. Hey, I was just talking to Mrs. Garrett about Kimberly, you know, private stuff in the bathroom. Willis, she responded, hiding the letter behind her back. Hi, why is your face all shiny and why does it smell like sardines? It's my new aftershave. I shave now. I'm a man. Hey, Tootie, what's that you've got behind your back? It's nothing, just a grocery list I was making for Mrs. Garrett. Well, then I'll take that right now, Tootie. Thank you. Mrs. Garrett, I've got it. Don't worry about it. Let me see it, said Willis. You can't, cried Tootie. And just as Willis was about to take the letter from Tootie's hands, she shoved the piece of paper into her mouth and started chewing. (laughs) That was a hundred hits of acid, you stupid girl, bellowed Mrs. Garrett. What, asked Tootie as she finished chewing and swallowed. That was a hundred hits of a very strong hallucinogenic drug! What the fuck do you think I put in my cookies and cakes? We've got to get her to a hospital, declared Willis. Like fucking hell we do, said Mrs. Garrett. I'm not going back to jail! I'm not going back to jail! Tootie started sweating almost immediately. Her pupils widened and she had to steady herself on the kitchen counter. What's going on? asked Tootie. Where am I? Shaking her, Mrs. Garrett screamed in her face, You're at the Eastland School for Girls! You're a student here! What am I here to learn? asked a bewildered and panicked Tootie. Facts! bellowed Edna. I'm out of here. Witness your will as your babysitting. As Edna bolted, Blair Warner and Joe Polnicek entered, wearing their graduation robes. Well, they fit, mused Blair. Hey, why is Tootie on the floor? She doesn't look good, noticed Joe. Willis looked at Blair and Joe solemnly. She's taken a sheet of acid. She's tripping balls. We've got to take care of her. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, shouted Blair. And at that, Tootie turned her eyes on her strawberry blonde friend. Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
Tootie murmured, as Blair grew a thick brown beard and a crown of thorns. Jesus Christ. Blair is Jesus Christ. Joe, with fire in her eyes, turned to Willis. Where the fuck did she get a sheet of acid? Did you give her that shit? It's not my fault, he said. Like, fuck, it's not your fault. You're mean, whispered Tootie. Joe's skin turned redder and redder as far as, jo- as far as Tootie could see, and curling black horns grew out of her forehead. A look, to- a look of complete horror washed over Tootie's face. Oh, great, now she thinks I'm Satan. I can tell. Shit, someone call Natalie. <laughs> Did someone say call Natalie, remarked Natalie Green as she entered the kitchen wearing her clapping hands baseball cap. <laughs> Somewhere, a studio audience applauded. Only this time, Tootie could sort of hear it. <laughs> Shit, what's wrong with Tootie? She's on a fuck ton of acid. We don't know what to do. Acid? Well, when I'm on too much acid, said Natalie, I just stroke the cat until I see the sun come up. What? said everyone in unison. Yeah, you need to stimulate her sex organs, clitoral and anal, ideally. It's the only way to calm her down. I'm on it, said Willis, and he dropped his pants. Not you, asshole. Blair and I have got this. Joe had it under control. Blair, you take her twat, I'll work on her shitter. (laughs) At that, Tootie looked down at her legs as her shorts were removed, and Jesus Christ and the devil proceeded to rigorously finger her in the ass and pussy. (laughs) My God, what's happening? What's this all about? You're holy and you're evil? At that, Joe shrugged, shrugged and stated simply, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life, said Tootie from, from her haze. Willis, Willis, does my black pussy turn you on? Uh, Natalie rested a hand on Willis's shoulder. You got a boner, man. There's a time you gotta go and show you're growing. Now you know. <laughs> About the facts of life. The facts of life, muttered Tootie once more, tripping exponentially harder with each passing second. This isn't working, said Blair as she pulled an exhausted arm out from in between Tootie's legs. And someone get those fucking skates off her. I never dreamed that losing my virginity would happen like this, said Tootie. At this, Natalie bent down to her Tootie's head and whispered, when the world never seems to be living up to your dreams, and suddenly you're finding out the facts of life are all about you. She smiled empathetically at her friend on the verge of a schizoid embolism. (laughs) You, repeated Tootie, as she ran a hand down her fat friend's face. Suddenly, a look of epiphany washed over Tootie's face, and she shot up from the floor. She quickly skated to the counter and started shoving the remaining four sheets of acid into her face. The others in the room stared at her in disbelief. It takes a lot to get them right, she said from a place of disturbing neutrality. When you're learning the facts of life. And then Blair's cousin Jerry walked into the kitchen out of nowhere and said, Sometimes it looks like I'm masturbating, but it's just my CP. And Jesus and the devil and Willis and Tootie and Natalie all laughed and laughed and laughed. The end. Hey, Ron Gagani. Hey, Ron, you can stay here. Let's get everybody from round one back up. All right. Give them all a big round of applause. You guys are going to be voting on a grand champion this evening. Uh, first, I'm just going to remind you of what everybody wrote, so don't clap yet. In a second, you will vote on a winner. We started 
with Eli Sayers with his own old teacher, Miss Fisher, John Ozelay with all female Ghostbusters, Ashley Brooke Roberts with Newsies, and Maron Kagani with Facts of Life. So, pick a winner with your applause, starting with Eli Sayers, Miss Fisher. John Ozelay, all female Ghostbusters. Many of them are still not sure if that was satire or not. <laughs> Ashley Brooke Roberts with Newsies. Yeah! It was the gay porn line. It was the gay porn line for sure. That was fucking magic. And Meron Kagani, Facts of Life. Year round one champion, Ashley Brooke Roberts. A clear winner. Congratulations, grand champion, Ashley Brooke Roberts. Big round of applause for all of your round one competitors. That does it for round one. To hear round two, you can download episode 127 right now. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For details on the upcoming shows, follow me on Twitter at Brian Cooking or the show at CE Fanfic. We are running a listener survey to help us know more about competitive erotic fan fiction with Brian Cook listeners. Uh, this information will help us find advertisers that are well-matched to you and your interest, and this will increase the chances of getting advertisers here on the show that actually pertain to our audience. If you could do me a favor and go to podsurvey.com slash Brian to fill out this quick survey. It'll take less than five minutes. It's completely anonymous, and you'll be entered in a monthly drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Longtime listeners have taken one of our surveys before. Perhaps this is a new updated version. It would be great if you could take it again because advertisers like it when we have the most up-to-date answers to the questions and you'll have another chance to win that $100 gift card. So please go to podsurvey.com slash B-R-Y-A-N and take our survey to help the show. Thanks for listening. Now leaving Nerdist.com.